So, you know what I did the other day? Just a couple days ago, actually. Did you get back on Facebook? God, no. Uh, oh. I, I went to... I did I did an old school thing. I did something... Um, I guess it's not that old school. They've been doing it for like seven years. But it's called Sketch Party San Diego. Um, they're the San Diego chapter of Sketch Party in L.A. Uh, but it's it's a it's a really cool hangout where you just um, sit down at a bar with a bunch of people. Uh, most of them are having a beer, and they put paper on the tables, and we all just doodle for several oh, hours. And it was really I fun. And I actually ran into a couple of people that I knew in San Diego that I just like wasn't um, even thinking about like running into. It's just like oh yeah. Because uh, one of my friends used to go, and I was like, okay, I'll go this time. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A bunch of, bunch of cool people were there. I drew Patricia Arquette from True Romance, because I'm Why wouldn't you? horny on Maine. And, of course, um, for all the right people. Yeah, but, you know, my friend drew, uh, like, a Baphomet with 12 boobs. It was great. Did you take a picture? I did. I'll show you the picture. Can I see it right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> live um, reaction to... Live uh, reaction. But it was really awesome. And that, like, reminded me of what, like, that community feels like sometimes. That, like, in-person interaction where everyone's just, like, minding their own business, doing their thing. And then you get to walk around and look at all the pictures that everyone's drawn. And you're like, oh, dude, I am amongst talent. Um, Yeah. So that's my buddy Kyle's drawing. I love your drawings too. Crypto! Thank you. God, that's so good. Look at all those tits. <laughs> Is that Velma? Did you draw Velma? I did. She's lovely. Oh, thanks. oh you should draw Velma more. I think <laughs> Velma was made to be drawn by you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Velma for Halloween multiple times. You, you know what? I can see that. That mm. works. You, you have big Velma energy. But like Velma in uh, the second live action Scooby-Doo when she wears like the, <laughs> the leather suit and she's like squeaky all the time. Horny on Maine over here. Both of us. Why you gotta bring that up? Linda Cardinelli in a skin tight plastic orange suit. Uh, we all have our tastes, and uh, because we're assumers, we develop them watching the Scooby-Doo live-action films. <laughs> Everyone in that movie is a smash. <laughs> Especially Shaggy. Yeah. Especially Shaggy. Uh, I've got a thing for Matthew Willard. He's so Yeah, funny. he's adorable. Even he Rowan Atkinson. He reminds me of Brendan Fraser. You know, like, they kind of, like, grew up into actual, like, good, dads. Good energy. Yeah. yeah, they've got great energy. I love them both. Plus, Matthew Lillard is a huge nerd, and, like, what he does on TikTok is just promotes, like, his Dungeons & Dragons merch. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. What a cool guy. Love that. Um, but, oh, yeah, I I, I, it was really nice to be in this space with a bunch of other artists and just, like, sharing our uh, art together and chatting. And it reminded me of what social media used to feel like. Um, and it sort of led me to this conclusion that... Um, so this not this is not an episode about Instagram, as the title will suggest. But <laughs> I made the realization that every reason that I used to justify keeping an Instagram, like, oh, it's good for my business and it's important to have this portfolio. I'm like, I can do that with a website. I don't need 
on Instagram because when people actually need to look at my portfolio, I send them to my website anyway. So I, I, I became another cl step closer to uh, deleting my Instagram. I'm not there yet, but I am getting, I'm inching closer. Um, and that sort of leads into what we're talking about today, which is not Instagram, but actually Facebook. Actually, our episode today is to delete all of your social media, and we'll tell you how. <laughs> we'll tell and, you and how. six easy steps. Well, <laughs> our episode is about Facebook, but it, this is going to be interesting because Ash has a Facebook, and I do not. So we can talk a little bit about um, our past with Facebook, if you want to start us off. Start us off, Ash. I think that I started Facebook much the same way most people do, which is, like, I made an account when I was a teenager, um, or, you know, like, MySpace, whatever. Like, we all came to the internet, I think, pretty early on in our lives, if you're from our generation. Um, and it was mostly just, like, I'm on it because everyone else is on it. That's what mm -hmm. it felt like. And then it turned into, like, okay, I see why everyone else is on it. Like, there's content to be, you know, admired and shared, and, you know, that's all fine and good, but I find that... The point of Facebook, and maybe the point overarching here, of social media has shifted over the years. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like just another commercial space, rather than being like this online refuge where not everyone knows about it, not everyone is using it. So it doesn't feel as like privatized, like you're, you're constantly being badgered by like algorithms and media and ads. Now it's it feels like, personal. It felt more personal back then, okay. and it's it's probably an accessibility issue. Like, when there are fewer people using a platform, I feel like it feels more sanctimonious. Like, it's it's like, this it's is a, the cool place. It's this a smaller is room. Yeah, yeah, it's a more intimate party rather than the rager where you yeah. don't know anyone there. Yeah. Hmm. How about you? What, what was your introduction to Facebook? Because you used to be on it. I used to, and I had a Facebook... Um, pretty early on so uh i had a myspace in uh fifth grade and i used a a picture of shakira as my profile picture because i was forbidden to use a, a real picture of myself which was very wise on my mother's behalf um but i used you know myspace to like make a cool profile and add my high school friends middle school and high school friends um but time came when no one was using Facebook or no one was using MySpace and Facebook became this whole thing when I was in high school. So I hopped onto Facebook and it was it was mostly for me just a way to talk to friends uh, after I graduated high school and to talk to family because most of my family does not live uh, near me or in this country even. And most of the time using Messenger was more accessible than sending a text or uh, making a phone call to another country, which now is much easier, much cheaper, and also we have other apps that allow us to send messages over the internet, which we didn't have um, at first. So I used Messenger, and I still use Messenger actually, which is something I wanted to bring up um, because it's, um, I, I deleted my Facebook, but I still have access to all my contacts through Messenger. So everyone that I was able to talk to through Facebook, I still can, just without the whole, like, profile thing. 
Do you prefer that? Is it more that you just want to have access to people or the ability to talk to people and you don't want to be on this platform that kind of like keeps you glued to it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that I, I'm developing this strong distaste for any platform that includes scrolling through a feed and that's uh, every social media. I can't remember the first instance of this, but, you know, once they introduce the infinite scroll feature yeah. for websites, like, it just completely changed the game and how all social media has been designed. Because the whole point of the infinite scroll was to keep someone on a certain website for longer. If there's not a next page to click to, it doesn't feel like there's any end. Well, there also used to be, you know, we used to... Uh, really focus on our profile pages. We used to go to other people's profile pages a lot more, and we would check in on people by checking their their page, and they had you know a status. And uh, I mean, we'll 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 get it a little bit into this just um, as an overview of Facebook and like why it was made and uh, who made it and what it's still doing alive, but. Um, we went from having that uh, checking each person uh, to person basis to having the scroll, the feed, where everyone uh, happens to pop in just enough that you feel like you're um, keeping up with them and, and know them well. Because uh, we do the same thing on Instagram. We don't really look at other people's profiles on Instagram as much um, because we see them uh, so frequently in the stories and on the feed. Yeah, I think part of that has to do with the algorithm too though, because you know, there's there's so many contributing factors. Like there's the algorithm and then there's just like this huge content dump that all of us have to face. And you know, Facebook encourages like dividing off into like these little subgroups. Like I think that's why they put so much time into the the community groups and pages feature, because it's like the people that have shared interests, they can go to this area. So suddenly you belong to like 50 different groups and you're subscribed to 50 different pages and you have like thousands of friends. And what is the algorithm going to prioritize for you? It's just too much content to filter through. And you're still getting advertisements. You're seeing pages that you don't even follow. So how are you supposed to like substantially and meaningfully connect with the people that you want to on these platforms when the entire like premise and design of it has changed? So I, I think it makes sense that people like yourself are trying to get away from it. Right. And that, that might be why other algorithms have been more successful. Like we've talked about uh, in our first episode, which uh, Sweet Blessings is a is a rough episode. Those of you who start at the beginning to listen to it all, you're amazing. Uh, we did not have good equipment <laughs> in that first episode. But... Um, We've talked about the TikTok algorithm, and I think it is very successful because it does segregate a lot. It, it cuts out a lot of the content that uh, is hard to filter through. And, you know, it, it that's why there exists these separate factions of TikTok. There's, you know, artist talk. There's uh, native TikTok. There's all kinds of different uh, sections, which you may never even run into. You would never find unless you went out of your way to find it or to tell the algorithm, hey, I might be interested in something like this. Um, and that's that the echo chamber that we've talked about before. And I think uh, Facebook is pretty critical. Well, the echo chamber, the echo chamber is important when we're talking about Facebook. 
I think it's there on every platform, but on Facebook, I mean, there's there's a lot of baggage here with Facebook, because um, we know that the space has specifically been curated to keep people within those echo chambers. Mm-hmm. Like it's been involved in our political processes, which is a whole other conversation. But I think no matter where you go, um, I think it's more human behavior. The algorithm is based off of human behavior. It's just listening to what you know input we give it. So if you belong to in-groups and out-groups, you're going to continue to reinforce those in-groups and out-groups. So right. the echo chamber effect is going to be present no matter what, because again, that's just human behavior. Right. But now we have like an online platform to realize it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so when you, you're talking about the uh, the creation of Facebook, which I'm entirely using the social network as all my information on the creation of Facebook, because I never bothered to do the research myself. But um, those goddamn Winklevoss twins, <laughs> Winklevoss twins. No, I mean, it It was it was, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg had this idea of like, it's basically like a, a dating uh, platform, or just a way to check on your exes. But um, it wasn't a, a success until um, to the guy that partnered with Mark Zuckerberg, Eduardo Severin, he's the one who created the algorithm. Like, he's the one who made the maths behind the, uh, the, the, the platform in order to suggest friends to you and to get you linked to other, uh, profiles. And then, um, so it started out, you know, as a dating website, basically, or just a way to keep tabs on women (laughs) for men, um, at, at its very core. And, and it grew from that and it became, you know, a lot more. It became a way to keep in touch with family and friends. It became a way to network um, with businesses. And it, it really was, I mean, say as many things poorly about it now as we will because we have a lot of hindsight and we know what resulted from this. But the idea was extremely revolutionary to create a, a network a social network and that's what they did and um you know myspace was almost there because it was really just like a a fancy blog and we had blogging since the beginning of the internet and we've had chat rooms since the beginning of the internet and we've had uh forums uh text forums since the beginning of the internet and all of those things were attempting to connect people all over and to bring groups together but really it wasn't until we got a sleek UI a user interface and an algorithm that um, married all of the things that people wanted out of the internet onto one website and now as a result I mean that's why Facebook is a success and it it does own half of the social networks and it is you know extremely powerful politically and uh financially oh that's depressing it's just it's just capitalism man that's just how it goes (laughs) like it's not a positive or negative thing it's literally just that's the way things work in our uh, society, in, in U.S. society, in U.S. economy. That's just how it works. Uh, you're in the right place at the right time, and people happen to like what you do, and when you get enough money and power, you can buy out your competitors and keep convincing everyone that your product is the one to choose. 
Well, I mean, when there's no other competition, it makes your job easier. Well, and that, you know, once... So we, uh, this is where I bring up, you know, Messenger was a great way to communicate with people um, outside of uh, the country. And I used Facebook to communicate with friends in different countries um, that I had met on the internet through through chat forums um, when I was, I think, as early as I was 14. And, um, and I would use it to text family members in Mexico. And so now uh, they had a competitor, WhatsApp, and they bought WhatsApp. And then um, people cut away all the text and uh, just did the pictures and did it on this really nice grid, three by three grid, or on the continuous scroll where the width of the picture is the width of your camera, or excuse me, the width of your phone. And that was Instagram and they bought Instagram. And uh, they bought um, the, oof, I'm gonna lose gamer points for this, um, Oculus, Oculus Rift. And they created the metaverse, metaverse, and now they have uh, a stake in, in every form. They're probably going to uh, attack gaming next. They're probably going to uh, get their hands on uh, television production if they haven't already, because they uh, they attempted with Facebook TV. They started doing some stuff with that, uh, and it didn't quite get a hold in that market. But it will, because they have enough money to throw at it that eventually something will stick. Um, and that's really the thing, is they have so much money to throw away that they are going to continue to attempt to reach into different markets until one of those attempts finally hits. And all it takes is one good idea. Um, you know, like, HBO was, um, you know, it's not TV, it's HBO. And it just took a couple of really good shows for them to have the success they have now. It, it took uh, Sopranos and The Wire and, and Sex in the City. And now all of a sudden they own uh, most content. <laughs> and Disney, uh, you know, I was talking uh, to someone about this because uh, we were talking about how expensive Disneyland has gotten. I, I like Disneyland. And I like to take kids to Disneyland because it's where magic is real or the illusion of magic is real. And someone was complaining like, I cannot believe how expensive it is and that no one can afford it. I was like, well, yeah, they don't need the revenue from Disneyland. They make so much money making movies and TV through their several properties like Fox and Marvel that they literally couldn't care less who can get to the park or not because the, the park could close and it would barely hurt their bottom line. So of course they're going to raise the prices like crazy. And that's capitalism, baby. <laughs> I think we're tiptoeing away from lifestyle into lefty podcast. Well, and I, and I don't want it to be a political podcast, but we definitely are tiptoeing away from the idea of Facebook and into the idea of mega corporations, which is relevant as artists. But um, forgive me, I don't want to get too off topic. I don't think you are. I think it's very necessary to understand the entire scope. Um, and I'm really happy that you're bringing up those subjects because I think the point of this podcast is not only like arming artists and everyday creative people with the knowledge they need to like succeed. 
it's also arming them with the knowledge of like what we're all operating within, like what this grander machination is that expects us to work for money and compromise some creative liberty to do so. So it's like, well, how well do we understand the platforms that we're sharing our work to and the people that own those platforms and the other, you know, sway and pull they have and, you know, grander industry than, you know, it's, it's not just how do I make it as a cartoonist? It's not just how do I make it as an illustrator? It's why do I have to make it? Why is it that these are the means we have to take to survive? And, you know, that all comes back to this this grander idea that, yes, capitalism, but, you know, if you are coming to this podcast as someone who lives in the U.S. and deals with a lot of this stuff, then hopefully it's applicable to you. But I think there's something to be said about how it has this reach that goes beyond just, like, the American capitalistic scope, because it's a global enterprise at this point. I feel like that's one of the things that Disney and Facebook amongst other corporations are trying to hit home is like, this is spreading everywhere. It has influence everywhere and everyone's involved and everyone benefits and everyone loses in certain ways. So like, we're just getting into the nuance of it. Like, here's the ways that you can win. Here are the ways that you can lose. Yeah. And, you know, I I think if there's anything I want to come across in this episode is that these uh, platforms and the people behind them have spent a lot of money to convince everyone that they need to be on these platforms. It is a necessity to life and a necessity to our business. And I really don't believe that anymore. And I keep saying that the reason I still have social media is because I need it for my work. And I am coming to realize that I don't. And I want to embrace the not having it. But That being said, after I have complained about everything I hate about Facebook and why I deleted it because it was just a depressing, unnecessary, infinite scroll, what I want to know, Ash, now is how you have found success through Facebook. You say it is your platform that has the most benefit to you, and I would like to hear about your experience. Well... I think for me, it's tempering my relationship with it because, you know, success doesn't come from the internet, no, but something that I've learned as we incorporate our lives more and more into this metatextual, metavisual arena is we are not going to let go of it. If anything, it's just going to become more and more apparent. So what I try to do with my time and my energy is figure out the healthiest relationship I can have with it. Because like capitalism, this thing isn't going away overnight. Like it's, it's here to stick around. So how can I make my life as comfortable as possible while operating within these means? And that means like, okay, I'm only going to be on social media for at most two hours every day. And I don't like keep track of it myself. It's more like a, um, if I spend up the hours in my day doing other things, I know I'm spending less time on social media and that's what I try to do. I try to like accomplish a task or a project or at least put effort into a task or a project every day. And then I share, Uh, I share process, I share thoughts, I share work and I check in a couple times every day after I post just to interact with people and let them know like, Hey, I'm listening to you. Like, I'm not just, you know, putting this out there and ignoring you. Like, thank you for, you know, engaging with my work. Cause that's part of the algorithm that we've talked about before If you want people to see you and see your work, that means you have to see them as well. Like, we're not all, like, 
pushing each other from the bottom, trying to get to the top. We're all lifting each other up. So for me, it's trying to find a positive space within all of this and making my relationship to social media healthy. Because maybe I won't get work off of social media, but what I have noticed instead is I'm making connections. I am engaging with people and I am reminding them that I'm there and that like we have this shared care, this shared respect for the work that we're sharing. So that's basically how I'm making it work. And that's the case with most social media. Um, I'm trying really hard to use social media less and less because it does have an impact on my mental health. I've noticed that uh, if I spend too much time consuming what other people are doing in their lives, I start to, you know, interject, you know, like I, I place those expectations on myself. I'm like, why, why am I not doing this? Why am I not there? Why am I not with these people? And you get a sense of FOMO. So instead, it's like this is purely where I interact with people that I want to interact with and share my work. And then I have a real life. And I can't remember to, or I can't forget to neglect my real life. So that's how I do it. Cool. I I wrote something down while I was, while you were talking, because it occurred to me that professionally, uh, social media is sort of like a virtual Rolodex. It's, uh, if you don't know what a Rolodex is, just Google it. I'm not going to explain it to you. But uh, it's it's kind of like a, a copped out way of talking to people and I remember you know the rules of engagement as a teenager and like figuring out okay when is it okay to give someone my phone number when is it okay to ask them for their phone number how long do I have to wait between texts and all this like stuff and then I was I, I was such a shy person it was easier to be like oh just we'll just add each other on Facebook and we'll just message each other on Facebook um instead of just being like, you know what, give me your phone number. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's kind of, it's an easier way to like get in touch with someone that you may not have like the guts to get in touch with. Like genuinely, uh, if you're running into someone like at this drawing event that I was at, I don't know these people. How, um, how readily am I going to be giving away my phone number? Uh, it's easier to just add each other on Instagram. Or um, it's it's also a way to, to be a fan of someone. Like, I don't, I, I follow a lot of blue checkmark accounts on Instagram because, like, I love Pedro Pascal and I love checking in with him and I love seeing what he's doing. Do I know him personally? No. Am I going to DM him? No. But I just get to look at pictures from his, like, new interviews or stuff. And that to me is like, that's just something I like to do. But you know what? And we haven't done an episode on YouTube, but that's what I like to do on YouTube too. <laughs> and YouTube doesn't YouTube doesn't have the pretext of um, having to engage with it. So like in on Instagram, you kind of have to engage with it unless you want to be like a weird uh, stalker profile with uh, no profile picture and you don't post anything. Uh, then you're not going to get the same thing out of it as someone who is active on Instagram, who posts pictures of themselves, who talks about themselves, and who comments on other people's accounts. I think this might be a good segue to start abstracting what it means to be an artist in digital spaces because, and I, I hope this doesn't come off as uh, egomaniacal, but how you feel about Pedro Pascal, there are people in our lives that feel that way about us. Oh. And they wait to hear about us and our work That's and our so lives weird. and what we're doing. <laughs> I, it is very strange. It's, it's, it's endearing and uncomfortable and beautiful and strange, but um, 
ultimately, that's just the reality of it. And it took me many, 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 many years to understand that. Like, I would have people regularly telling me, like, I can't wait to see what you're making next. Like, can you share it? Can you post it? Like, what are you up to? Are you working on this? Are you working on that? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about it someday. And then I just started posting everything. And I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of unfair. <laughs> it's kind of unfair to not share my work with people that want to see it. Because that's right. the whole point of me doing this, right? Yeah. Like, sure, there's a spiritual aspect. There's, like, a holistic aspect to art that, like, makes me happy. and makes me feel like I have a purpose. But as an artist, I there's no easy way to stress this, but you are a public servant. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're creating content and you're creating energy. To be consumed on out a public into stage. Into the world. Yeah. Yes. Like, you're adding to the discussion one way or another. Like, you're either inspiring people or you're creating a conversation or you're just building upon what's behind you. You're building upon what's underneath you. So... You know, you know, I'm not telling you you have to get back. Why can't you, you just let me exist in the void and make things and pretend that no one is watching? Why can't you let me just be that? <laughs> I wanted to be that for a long time, but I realized when I started putting my work out there, it was improving my artwork because I was no longer just the only person looking at it. Yeah. Like, even if you're being showered with praise, like, if people are paying attention to your work, inevitably people are going to be helping you with your work. They're going to tell you what they want to see next from you. They want to, like, understand your process or they might even have criticism, which is more than okay, too. It's also insight. You know, all those algorithms that we uh, talk down the entire time. Like, we have uh, analytics. We have data on this podcast and who is listening and where they're listening from and which topics they react to better, which topics they don't. And that does influence our decisions on the on the podcast and that influences our decisions in social media too um that's a good point i didn't even think about yeah you're absolutely right there's like this subconscious level of control that's being exerted as well you know you, you observe what people like about your work what people are commenting on and then you're like okay more of that or if there's a lack of engagement it's like okay less of that yeah <laughs> well and you know we we talk about social media almost always but what does it mean to be an artist on Facebook today? Because you, um, you're very engaged, not as a person on Facebook, but as an artist on Facebook. Is so. Um, I, th- I think that most social media is alike. Like when you get to the bottom line, and what works for you works for you. So, I am moderately successful with Instagram. I am moderately successful with like Reddit and Tumblr. I think I just understand Facebook better because it's a little bit more intimate. Um, I, I sure I could post my work to like groups and try to get strangers to look at it. But what's more effective is showing the people that already know me and care about me, my work, because ultimately these are the people that are going to say like, Hey, uh, can you work my daughter's graduation? Or can you make this uh, wedding anniversary present for me? It's like those, those people are super important and they're kind of the basis of my current career. So Facebook's working because of the interpersonal nature. Like, I know most of the people that I have added on Facebook, or at least I want to know most of the people I have added on Facebook, because Facebook's also an arena where I can be in touch with artists that I admire. And through that platform, I've been able to have conversations and work with and meet even some people that I've admired for years. So there's opportunity on every platform. And if you find one is working better for you than others, like lean into it. That's what I did. Um, I didn't expect Facebook to be the best one, but it it is. And I kind of prefer it because it feels like I'm not so far removed from my viewership. Like, I know who's engaging with it, and I care about them as people. 
perhaps this observation is off the mark, let me know, but I feel like maybe you have more success on Facebook because that's where you uh, get a lot of commissions, so it's, it's more like commercial work uh, where you're working for other people, whereas on Instagram you post your more personal stuff. You don't post what you draw for other people, you draw what you you post what you draw for yourself. And perhaps there's this more individualistic um, vibe on Instagram. It makes everyone feel like an individual on Instagram. And uh, whereas on Facebook, it's more of a community. And it's more of uh, people sharing and talking amongst a group, a, a small group of people. And maybe that's why you have more success as a caricature artist on Facebook because what you do is is draw people what you do is uh, communicate with people uh, and and not that many people at that so maybe it's just like Facebook is really the, a, a platform that's successful for caricature where it might not be as successful for like a, a comic artist I don't know because I see some comic artists that do pretty well on Facebook like Anders Nelson and Gabrielle Bell come to mind because I follow both of their work and I mean I, they would have to speak for themselves I don't mean to say that you know their process is working or not working but from what I can tell they have regular viewership on Facebook but again um, there's no way for you to know this because you're not on Facebook but I post pretty much the same things on Facebook as Instagram mm -hmm. um, I think the problem is that I feel safer on Facebook, I know the people that are viewing my content, whereas on Instagram, I don't know the people who are viewing my content, so I curate it a little bit more. Mm. On Facebook, I, I will tell you about my day. I will tell you what I'm wearing, uh, the thoughts that I had. I'll share, like, very intimate writing because I trust the people that I have added. It's Instagram. There's no vetting process. Like, I, no one's tapping on my shoulder like, hey, can I follow you? Can I follow you? Right. It's like, they can just follow me. Yeah. And uh, again, like, there's nothing wrong with that. You could make your account I, private. <laughs> But I just feel like that's professional suicide. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't. You, know, like, you can't you have could. a business profile and make it private. Oh, there you go. Well, Instagram that won't let you. Yeah. <laughs> it could help your algorithm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe being a business profile is what's suppressing. Like, yeah. I'm not worried about that. I, I. It's really hard to explain this because we spend so much time extrapolating as to like what's working, what isn't working, why we're using these spaces, how we're using these spaces, like, how well am I doing right now? How well have I done in the past? Like, none of that has really impacted me. Um, I, I I feel better just having a space to share my work. So if anyone wants to see it, they can see it. Yeah. And I try to do cross-platform as much as possible. Like, if it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok, it's on Tumblr, it's on Reddit. It's, like, everywhere except mm -hmm. Twitter. Sorry, Twitter. So... I just want a place for people to see my work because don't, even don't though, go yes, to I have a website. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm not on Twitter, so <laughs> we're good. We're good. Uh, I've had that voice in my head for a while. Like, for whatever don't, reason, whenever I log on to Twitter, don't my brain's like, Twitter. you shouldn't be don't here do it. right now. Yeah. You shouldn't be on here. This isn't your space, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so, I again, it's just I want my work to be in a place that's visible and some of these platforms have such a wide audience and viewership that that's where they're going to be the most successful. Like, yes, I can tell people where to find my work on my website, but if they're already belonging to this community on Reddit or this community on Instagram and they see my work, they're more likely to see my work there than me saying like, hey, I'm random. Hi, I, I right. need to promote this content for you. Yeah. Um, can you look at my website? 
Well, and I think uh, the reason I've I've reached this conclusion, and you know, I'm not saying that everyone should delete their social media right now, but I think um, because I personally prefer to make those connections in person, I, I prefer people to discover my work in person, and like I don't do digital art as much, and all of the comics that I, I wish to share as part of my portfolio are. Uh, physical objects and I, and I put care and thought into those physical objects um, I like that um, you know people discover me through being in person which is hilarious because I'm so antisocial that when I'm around people I'm just like I don't talk to me just read my comic <laughs> um, and that was like when I was at this drawing thing I think a couple people came up to talk to me and I was just so focused on my drawing that I like didn't realize that they had walked away because I wasn't answering as much and I was like oh I'm so sorry but you came up to me while I was in the middle of coloring this um, <laughs> I was very focused but, um, you know, I think I, I would prefer if people went to my website instead of just, like, followed me, like, without a second thought on Instagram and then never thought of me again until I happened to maybe pop up on their feed once in a blue moon. Um, I think I would personally prefer, and it would work better for my art if people were interested in my work and I would direct them to my website or even my blog because I feel like my blog is where I am my best and I am my most me online and um you know I think that's just something that I have to implement and, and that's something I discovered about myself that makes me happier and makes me feel more confident as an artist um and so that's what I want to implement um but yeah I haven't been on Facebook and like three years now, so I don't even know what I'm missing anymore. <laughs> it's probably better that way. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So I feel like what we're essentially getting at is, like, there's no wrong way to be an artist and interact with social media. Um, I think the most important thing is learning balance. Uh, you know what you need, what's comfortable for you, how you want to, you know, succeed in your career. Because trust me, you can get away with not being on social media, not having an online you actually presence, can. and still have a successful yeah. career. That's how it's always existed before the advent of the internet. And trust me, there are plenty of working professionals today who don't have a social media presence. And like the ones that do, like I've seen, you know, artists that I admire and I think they're brilliant and they have like 500 followers. And it's like, how is that possible? And then you remember like, because the, the, their work that they're making, they're actually putting out into the world. They're not just putting it in this digital space. Yeah. And I think sometimes this digital space can be deceiving because you think this is where all the magic is happening. Yeah. And I, that's probably why Facebook is trying so hard to make the metaverse a thing because they're like, we want you to come here. This is the real place now. It's right here. I don't here. even this know what the metaverse is. And I don't want to know. I barely know, and that's by design, because I know this is the next wave of modernity, and it's a little intimidating, but um, at some point, I know I'm going to have to... Is it just to, Tron? I don't know. Eventually, we're going to have to bite the digital apple and see what's going on Ugh. in the Garden of Eden, you Ugh. know? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep playing Pathologic on, the, on, on Twitch. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'd rather be in a town infested with the sand plague than go to the Facebook metaverse. <laughs> what does that say about me? Uh, quick, guys. Is she talking about Pathologic or Dune? Submit your answers today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's what we're what we're getting at here is there's no right answer, uh, there's no wrong answer, and you don't don't listen to them, okay? They're lying to you. They want your money. You don't have to use any of these products, uh, and I I will be your um, I'll be your guinea pig. We'll see how it goes when I finally get off all social media. Because it's happening. I'm getting off it. I made a Twitter um, just to promote my Twitch. And then I, I realized that the longer I have Twitter, the more I use it. And I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm using it too much. Even though I'm only using it like 10 minutes every day. I'm like, that's too much. I, I don't want to be here. Uh, so I'm going to make a Discord uh, for my Twitch just so that I could share updates over there. And I'm going to delete Twitter again. And uh, I don't have TikTok anymore, and <laughs> I'm not making content for the For Fake Sake podcast TikTok, but if there so happens to be content to make, I don't know, maybe we'll share it there. But uh, I'm off Facebook, and soon enough, Instagram is getting the axe too, so... We'll see how it works out for me. I'm going to do all the heavy lifting with marketing for this podcast. <laughs> what? What marketing? <laughs> what yeah, fair marketing? Fair enough, fair um, enough. I mean, honestly, our, our Facebook uh, presence is part of the reason why we have your shit. Um, I think so. I, I share the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and we've been getting more and more people tuning in. And listen, I'm not saying you have to be on social media. I really want to see how this experiment goes. And if you're happier, if you're more successful, I want to hear all about it. We could have like a weekly report. And then I, I'll be on the front lines and I'll tell you how it's going on the social media. Well, and I, I'm, I'm happy to uh, keep the, the social media accounts active for the podcast. Just, uh, you'll have to remind me to check them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's healthier. Yeah. So, what is this? Episode 14? One week closer to deleting my Instagram. <laughs> we're gonna check in every single podcast episode yeah has she deleted it yet i know we're getting there all right any final thoughts on facebook i feel like we barely talked about it somehow we just talked about you know the grander social media visit what well, what what else reason, do you want to say about facebook what what are we missing well i want to i want to play devil's advocate real quick yeah by all means again, um this is this is make of it what you will you have the power to control how other people view you and what content and how much of yourself you want to share. And I recognize these platforms are built to keep you glued to them. But um, if you believe in free will, and that's a whole other conversation, there are ways to fight back. There are ways to check your impulses and to have a healthy relationship with your internet usage, your social media usage. Um, I think there's a balancing act here. And again, unless we see the apocalypse in our lifetime, which it, it's, I guess it's not all un, un, unlikely, you know, it could happen. We're going to be sticking with this stuff. It's, it's going to stick around and trust me, it's just going to become more and more present. So if you feel so inclined, if you have the same reservations that I think many people do about social media, uh, just try doing what I'm doing right now and tempering your relationship with it. Um, make sure it doesn't take up more energy than you can give because you're still a human being with a life responsibilities and passions you can self-promote or you can vent or you can have a space to connect with people that you normally don't have access to 
and still have a healthy, happy life to return to outside of the metaverse, outside of our digital platforms. So I don't have the answers. I don't think anyone does. But we basically want to encourage your own free will, your own autonomy in deciding how you want to interact with social media or Facebook, because that is the topic of today's conversation. Well, I mean, uh, everything in moderation. Uh, of course, and and that that applies to <laughs> Facebook as well. But um, I know myself well enough that uh, I, I I don't moderate. I'm I'm all or nothing. Uh, take take it that way you will, therapist. But um, <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm an all or nothing person, and for me I'm I'm all in, or I gotta cut it. I gotta go cold turkey. Um, so that's just something I know about myself. But if you know that you uh, have the the will and uh, willpower, that's the word I was looking for, if you have the willpower to uh, moderate yourself, please do. You know, um, that's, I think, what we're saying is, like, you don't need to use these social media platforms. You don't need to not use them either. Like, <laughs> neither one is, is going to be, um, neither extreme is uh, required, but... Uh, don't don't feel disheartened I think is is what we're getting at that's yeah that reminds me of a a Walt Whitman quote that I really like it has nothing to do with social media (laughs) obviously (laughs) you imagine if Walt Whitman was on Facebook sharing stories about the leaves of grass He's just hanging out by his cabin like, sup dudes number three day Alana by the cabin that's how well we've been talking. I'm so glad he's not here for this. <laughs> Be not disheartened. Affection shall solve the problems of freedom, yet those who love each other shall become invincible. Thank you, Walt Whitman. Oh, that's good. It's perfect. So yeah, let's love each other. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's give a shit. Yeah. Let's. Hey, Ash. Let's give a shit. Hey, Ash. Let's give a shit. <laughs>